0: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome young Adventurers, Dylan
1: here, and on today's podcast, I have Alaron Kong. He is an African-American physician-turned-WSJ best-selling author. His comedic fantasy opera, The Land, has eight novels and main characters that is an everyday kind of guy. The series has over a hundred thousand five-star reviews and sold over a million copies. Chosen as Audible's Customer Fan Favorite of the Year and My Favorite of the Year, it has a wide appeal to whether you are reading or listening. He has recently converted his novels into a webcomic. The author is also extremely proud of his fandom, which has raised over a hundred fifty thousand dollars for various charities over the past few years. 35, uh, 35 of his fans have also gotten tattoos of his artwork and three babies have been named after his characters. I'm curious what characters those are. His fans are also united by the words through service, ascendance, through trends, uh, through dedications, transcend. Ah, ah <laughs> Close enough, transcendence. Close enough. Close I enough. know. I almost had that epic drop off there. Hey, brothers, good to see you, man.
0: What's up, man? Good to see you again. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, I'm super excited to talk with you. Um, you're, uh, uh, you're my my uh, bedtime author, like as I go to sleep. You know, I listen. I listen think to me. Nick- yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I, th- I think about Nick Patel reading me a l- like bedtime music, much like last year when he had like the Christmas outfit on and he was reading like the the secret chapters and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that that, yeah. that- that's nice to fall asleep to. It's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Um, so I am incredibly excited to talk to you about this. Um, talk about your hero's journey. Um, you've been able to craft a very powerful world and do it with the power of words. Um, a archaic form of uh of world building but it's so powerful and it's so profound you've been able to create so many rave fans me being one of them um i'm just super fascinated to learn just a little bit about your journey and how you've been (laughs) able and how you've been able to to um uh uh get into the uh become the uh the was it the godfather
0: of lit rpg Yeah, that's uh it's yeah. close to the title it's not worth yeah. going into but yeah some yeah. people call me the father of american rbg and yeah. some people call me the devil because some people call me that so yeah you know,
1: <laughs> the 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 power of fame it's a two-sided coin no matter uh, yeah. how how high you rise uh, even oprah's got haters you know
0: Oprah, oprah's got a lot of haters yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i don't know it's it's the kind of like the it's, it's funny getting into the haters like in like just you know trolls and whatever yeah. it's the kind of thing that sort of surprised me that i cared about like at all because i'm just very much like a zero fucks kind of kind of guy but uh writing was so personal that it like opened up this little like heart window that made me vulnerable <laughs> kind of thing um but you know five years later you're just sort of like all right you know what, what do you got you know <laughs> go go whack off in your mom's basement or something i don't know <laughs> just
1: yeah. And, it's, and it's so powerful. It's actually a really powerful lesson, too, because generally when you first start out with something and you feel very insecure about it, you have this identity attached to your creation. And then those re- the re- the way I can always tell that you're like a seasoned pro is that you don't care if people shit all over it because you're just like, you, you make so much of it. You're like, it's just another baby out in the wild. Go be free, baby. Hopefully you don't get eaten by animals, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, I was actually talking to my best friend about that probably about like maybe like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, um, and He was asking about like how I was feeling about like writing and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm really back in, in my joy um, because, you know, sometimes it goes up and down and there was definitely a period of time where I felt almost like trapped by my success and trapped by other people's expectations and trapped by, you know, the few like negative reviews that come out and like maybe obsess over them, whatever. Um, but I kind of been able to let all of that go in the last, you know, year or so. And I'm just sort of like in the joy, and it's like, it's coming across in the page. Like I can feel it like in a, in a, in a, in a strong way. So.
1: That's so yeah. powerful. Uh, on that note, uh, can you talk mm-hmm. to me about, if you said that just happened last year and a half, what, what happened? Like, what was that turning point? Did you, was there a, was there an incident that happened or was there a mindset shift? What caused you to turn that corner?
0: Well, I mean, you know, 2020 COVID was a shit show, I think for, for the planet. Yeah. Um, I certainly had an easier time than than some others one because I don't have any problem being at home um two because where I live is big enough that my girlfriend and I didn't need to be next to each other so she didn't kill me in my sleep which I think was like a legit thing if we did not have like a good hundred feet between us and some walls um so like that was part of it but also it was just that you know I'd written I had such a, I had such a strange literary journey and I didn't understand how strange it was until years later. And I got to really got to know other authors, really got to know some like amazing established authors like Raymond DeVice, uh, Salvatore, uh, Brandon Sanderson, like, you know, but have been able to have some conversations with them. I mean, cause like for me, it's like, I wrote my first six books in 14 months. Like it was just bam, 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 bam. And my books are minimum. 30% longer than the standard, you know, sci fi fantasy thing, and then like up to like, you know, two or three times longer. And then my seventh book, like, is 450,000 words, so it weighs six pounds. And it's, you know, what I mean, um, so like for me, it was just sort of this grind yeah. that came out of me almost like therapy yeah. because it was a balance for the decade plus that I'd spent becoming a physician. And the act of creation honestly saved me in a very real way, balancing out that kind of energy in my life. Um, So the fact that I was able to write like that, it just sort of like poured out over, over a period of a year and a half to two years. Um, And then I like kind of like took a little bit of a break and was like, what's going on? What does my life look like? What do I really want? You know, maybe like an early mid thirties, you know, midlife crisis. So like a little bit five years before everybody else. And then, I started started thinking like, well, maybe I want to write another series. And then I so I put energy into that and I wrote mm. put energy into like book eight. And then my my books like did really, really well. Like I became a Wall Street Journal bestseller, but there, even the reception that I got for book eight was lukewarm compared to like just like Ray fans, you know, like, you know, here's my daughter kind of reception that I had for all the other ones. And then that made me sort of wonder um, and it was just sort of this, you know, very atypical journey that I'm balancing out with being in the hospital. That I'm balancing out with, uh, you know, the things that everyone else deals with, like sick family members, you know, adjustments there, career things, and then COVID hits, and it was sort of just this like stop mark for me, yeah. Um, because I had written my ninth book at that point, right, right when COVID was getting started, and um, everything shifted for me the same way it shifted for everyone else, and I was like, you know what? I'm stressed out like everyone else, but why don't I just take this time to really figure out who I want to be, what I want my life to look like in these next phases, what I want the next 10 years to look like, because I turned 40 on Sunday, actually. Damn. Um, so Rats. yeah, I mean, so like a lot of things, you know, happening. Um, and so I came up with some ideas. I figured what I want for my 40s is three things. I want to have abs on a boat, you know, and just want to ha you know just like you know salt spray in the front you know drink you know like the whole the whole the whole douchey deal yeah um i want to deepen relationships with people that i find that are important to me and valuable to me like yeah you know everything from just like hey let's grab a beer and, and shoot the shit to i'm really here when you need me and then three become a deeper version of myself like you know everything from skills like learning to play the guitar taking flight lessons to reading books that are going to expand my mind to working on the things about me that I don't that maybe aren't like exactly who I want to be like like the elements are there but like like if you had an idea about like the greatest man that you could see yourself being how do you get from here to there um and so those are the three things that I'm basically working on and then part of the other issue was sort of just letting go of the BS drama that you create for yourself in your own head, uh-huh. uh, letting go of like all this stress and all this pressure that you work up, that everyone, I think most people feel um, no matter what their situation is. And just being like, you know, it's, it's all cool, man. It's like a Kuna Matata. This is going to like, you know, people liked my stuff because it was me, not because I was trying to adhere to some ideal, not because I was trying to fit some, Conception that other people might have, you yeah. Know? And so that's 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 the journey, basically.
1: That's incredible. So you went from this super serious, super like where where you're literally on uh, life's, like yeah. you're doing life's thing on a knife's edge, and every day is incredibly serious. To this playful, whimsical, personality-driven, just kind of if I could live in a fantasy world of my own creation, just pouring out of you. Right. And then there's that. And there is a lot of personality in what you do when you actually the things that you you create and the things that you make. um, I feel a lot of personality behind it. There's all these like esoteric references, pop cultural references. There's all these little moments where I feel like. I'm becoming friends with the characters inside there. And, and there's different characters that I like, and I have different relationships, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Richter uh, compared to um, uh, Scion versus all these other characters throughout your book series. You, you yeah. feel like you're surrounded by a balance, a band of people. And I don't know if, if other people have this, because I do it a lot when I'm on journeys with like, I listen Audible so I always feel like the characters they're friends with me on my journeys in life whether I'm going out for runs or other types of things and I feel like I can feel your personality bleed through even like the the shit talking shenanigans zero fuckiness yeah. messing aroundness yeah. and 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 I guess like for you like are there any points as you're writing it where you feel like you need to pull back and or the things where have you noticed that when you're writing you feel hesitation in your writings and has that hindered you or um, what are yeah. those? How does how does that work for you when you feel like you want to give it yourself and you have to pull back?
0: So honestly, I feel like that's been part of this reemergence that mm. I'm feeling now. Um, that initially I just wrote and I never expected anybody to ever read it. I was mm. like, I always wanted to write a book, so why not? You know, and I found that RPG and loved it, so I was like, why not? Um, and so it just all poured out, and I didn't care about you know. I'm like, if you don't like it that's okay. Um, but I don't know, I feel like even though I'm very much an independent person who resists the change of the world so much, I feel like we're all sort of inundated with this pathological niceness, correctness, bullshit, honestly. And even though like I said, like I resist it actively, I'm not, it's, it's like an insidious creep into yeah. yourself. That I think that unless you're cognizant, you can sort of start being apologetic about things that you shouldn't be apologetic about or worrying about things that aren't really worth your time and energy. Um, especially when there are like legit things that are worth worrying about and worth, you know, sort of fighting for in this world. Um, so the way that I've sort of done it is that I try to be one, cognizant that. Mm this is something that I feel like may be affecting me and I don't like it. Um, and two, I then just have the personal bravery to then push forward and still be myself come what may.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean, like, you know, that doesn't mean there aren't things about me that don't that can't be improved. Like, I'm a much nicer person now than I was several years ago, to be quite honest. Um, there aren't things about me that can't, you know, sort of grow in strength right yeah. but i mean i was having a conversation with this uh psychiatrist that i know and she said she made the statement that like you know anytime someone's offended the other person is sort of in the wrong and i'm like no matter what it is and she goes yeah and i'm like well what if you were offended by the fact that i'm wearing this red shirt and she goes well that's a silly response and i'm like then it's not everything why you're why is it such a blanket brush but i feel like there's so many things where people are just sort of getting up in arms and Honestly I think it's because of social media. I don't think it's everyone. I just feel like a couple people sound like everyone when most people just want to like you know they want to have a beer, they want to have sex, they want to watch Netflix, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. so I try to remind myself of that too that the echo chamber that's out there is not really representative of everybody so.
1: yeah so I mean so you're talking about the thing about you you're a good person. You're a nice person. You want to do nice things, but you don't want to be forced into a box. You you want to, you want to call bullshit when you see it. You want to talk shit yeah. because it's because you don't like the worst thing is that the, the, the nice fake people that like, yeah. Oh, hello, how you doing? Nice to mm-hmm. see you. Like, and you feel like you're, um, do you really
0: to, want to do that? Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I hate that. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, it, yeah. it, feel, it feels like they have this like real world NPC mask on. Right. Yeah. But they put it on. I yeah. like this, this is what I hope people accept me with this mask and so yeah. you, the thing about your books is you, you, I feel like you cut through a lot of that shit. And so.
0: Well, I mean, I try to, and honestly, uh, one of the things that I do is I reread my stuff and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. But then I'm like, why am I scoffing that I can't believe that I said that? Like I, I pretty much agree with this or I wrote it to be ridiculous or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Honestly, I, I almost feel like it's a, it's a little bit of a war going on where I'm fighting I'm putting energy out to keep myself like an individual Mm. and the world is putting energy out to force you into a specific box. Um, And I think a lot of us feel that way. It doesn't help that the true assholes use the same argument. And I'm like, no, 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 you should stop doing that. (laughs) That's not that's not cool what you're doing. Uh, so, so I mean, it's it's tough and complicated, but it is
1: it, one of those. It reminds me of some things like, it's like, Alaron, I love you and I love your work and I'm disappointed by the action you took. Why don't you do X? That that yeah. kind of commentary where he's like, you're yeah. like, well, then just love me for being me. Can I just be right? me? Yeah. And I think it's yeah. it's such a powerful thing because you want, you know, you want people to... You want you want to be liked but at the same time you want them to like you for you and then there's this thing where you get all that pressure so i think that's it's a really interesting balance that you keep of keeping keeping it real and going out well i mean
0: um, i've had a lot of girlfriends so i've had practice with that too, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone I've ever been they're like i love this part but that part why don't and i'm like no 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 it's all yeah. you love this be- because there's the i'm not like everyone else and they're like yeah but not that much kind of thing um so, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Like, li- I mean, literally uh, the world does always try to push you into certain, certain, you know, molds. yeah um, And, and what's tricky is that some of those molds are good, right? Like, like, you know, not being a completely selfish human being is, is a, is a good thing, right? Yeah. But being a punching bag is, is a bad thing. I remember when I was like six or seven years old I was always this, like, super oh, cerebral, like, you know, got beat up almost justifiably on the playground kind of kid, like, just just a super dork. Um, and I remember asking my dad, I'm like, people have been around for a long time, right? Like, thousands and thousands thousands of years? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, then why isn't there a book about how to, how to do this life thing? And he goes, yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's just. You know, it's like, it it is, it's just just a little fun. You know, it is, I don't
1: know. Well, and that, that segues perfectly into the, one of the reasons why, you know, you know, we love video games. One of the reasons why we love like these little RPGs is because the rules are clear. All of a sudden, I know our friendship status. Are we, are we friendly? Are we loyal? Are we soul bound, you know? And, and it's very clear cut. And the thing is the, the the challenge with a lot of the reality stuff is that we have to make our own rules. We have to make our own games. We have to add our own points. Right. And we, you know, we, and so, and, and I think that's one of the beautiful things that you create about the little RPG stuff is it's, life then becomes a game and then it becomes clear and then you you have more clarity on what you need to do like it, it that's one of the appeals that i see for the lit rpg what about you like what what do you think is the mass appeal for a little rpg and the whole this whole movement
0: um i think that i mean i think part of it's it suggests- just you know, biological. Like we get the dopamine rush when we're when we hear the the ching when we're playing games. We get the dopamine rush when we hear tring or some sound effects, whatever. So I think part of it's that we've come to love it um, on an instinctual level. The same way, like I asked my mom why I love Chinese food. She's like, "Oh, because of all the MSG. You're addicted." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that <laughs> lessens a little bit, but whatever." Um, but on on a, on a deeper level, I, I do think that the 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 worlds that are created have an accountability and a, and a sense of and a fairness to them that I think that every adult that ever is worthy of the name recognizes that fairness is not something that's inherent in, in the world that we live in. Um, when I'm you know, taking care of like you know, my niece and nephew or any kid, honestly, the only four-letter word that I ever consider coming out of their mouth is, is fair. I'm like, don't waste your time, kid. And then I tell them, fair only matters in how you treat people. You should try to treat people fairly, but you're just living in. You're just you're you're setting yourself up to get punched if you're out there like it's not fair because that's just not the world that we live in. Um, And I think that what what I think is amazing is that it's only people that aren't at the top that ever talk about fairness because I think that people at the top absolutely know the world isn't fair and are struggling as hard as they can to keep it as unfair and imbalanced as possible. Like they got there by, by manipulating the lack of fairness that exists. So.
1: Well, and also it doesn't, doesn't serve you. I mean, you, I mean the, you're talking about that, if, if you constantly complain about the world's not being fair versus just taking yeah. action, right. You yeah. can, you create this, this, that victim mentality is really, mm-hmm. it's a, it really, it, it doesn't hurt the other person. It always hurts you. It's like people, yes. I've seen the people that scream, why isn't the world giving me what I deserve? Right, that, yeah. that comment. So right. much in,
0: entitlement. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, so with that being said, though, if we're really talking about the topic, yeah. like there are, there are institutionalized, like deeply ingrained cultural like imbalances that allow certain groups to be marginalized, certain groups to be pushed forward. Um, and I personally feel like our best chance of surviving as a species is addressing these because sort of brushing them under the rug as history has shown leads always leads to issues, collapse of civilizations, dogs and cats living together, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um the way that I reconcile that in my head is I always look at uh issues on a micro and a macro level. On a micro level, meaning like the individual like yeah don't waste your time telling me that it's not fair. Like if you need to like you know commiserate like I'll pour your shot and we can bitch for a little bit. But then, what are you going to do about it? Because otherwise, you're just you're you're just you're just losing, and no. they're laughing to the bank. Um, now, on a macro level, right? Like, let's say that you take a corporation that only has, you know, two percent of their senior staff are, are female, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like macro solutions should be done to address that. We yeah. should, you know, work to, or like take like you know, let's let's take the the, the Senate, right? Like. It, it should ideally be a true representation, racially, sexually, whatever, of the actual population. Uh-huh. And we should work to change that. But in an individual like race, it doesn't mean that just because you're a woman, you should get more points. Or just because you're black or, whatever, or gay or whatever, you should get more points. But I do think we'd be better off as a society if we put into place mechanisms that tried to get us closer to a true neutral. Yeah.
1: Sense? Well, yeah, because what happens is this, there's this pattern of behavior where there is this ideal, there's this principle, right, represented by the people and then smart, clever monkeys, a.k.a. humans. Yeah. Find ways to manipulate the system and follow the letter of the law, and then change yeah. the rules of the game to make yeah. it become unfair and biased. Lobbying and all that, diving into religion and politics right off the bat. Um, but really yeah. looking at it is, yeah. it's, it's that manipulation of the system where you look at the Senate. And it's like, why? How, how do they go in at a certain rate and come out with millions of dollars? How do they? There's all these like weird things where they're in there forever, and it's like, it doesn't. It doesn't seem fair. Again, I can use that no. word fair. Yeah. Um, right but it's also one of the things that doesn't represent who we are and you know and that's no. what really it makes us become if we're playing the game of politics where we feel like our vote matters my opinion matters we the people but then there's basically this micro group of people that make all the decisions it makes us feel uh it makes us disconnect and disengage with playing the game they're like if I can't play it I'm either going to scream at everybody or I'm just going to like disconnect which is always like a it feels like that that is a really uh sad place to be so it does seem like on the macro level something we could do about it I that.
0: mean and I and I get that um and so I mean like let's let's take voting like I I, I always vote I vote for various reasons I vote because a lot of black people had to die for my right to vote in this country mm-hmm. I vote because it is how technically the rules of the game are played right but mm-hmm. yeah we know that gerrymandering exists we know that fraud exists we know that you know any number of abuses exist right so you know, basically, like, I think it's very normal for people to be like, well, why even try? Mm -hmm. Why why even do it, right? Um, And I don't know, I guess the answer is not to get too existential, but I absolutely believe in the concept that evil thrives when good men do nothing. Like, you know, I feel like the things that we're concerned about are magnified because we have technology that's never existed before, but the Mm -hmm. innate nature of people is exactly the same, and I imagine that every stage throughout humanity yeah and i imagine and any other planet in the universe where there's sentient life there's always going to be a force that tries to just destroy and take and whatever there's going to be the others that try to you know put more quote unquote good into the into the world and i don't know if you're not trying at least try a little bit Try and try in whatever way is gonna is gonna do it for you. But that's that's honestly a form of that's a belief system for you that you
1: should try. I I I feel you on that one. The, the way that I think about that is uh, the, there's a quote I think it's Buckminster Fuller uh, goes uh, society is a race between utopia and disaster, right? And the future isn't written. Like we literally create our own reality. Like yeah. you you have created your own reality. Your reality lives in my brain as memories. It's really weird that you've been able to craft that and you've been able to share that with people. And You've been able to create something that people then live and embody, and they have that uh, service uh, transcendence motto, uh, which yes. I did. I did try to adopt in my own company. I'm like, hey guys, I think I got a new motto. What do you guys think about it? Um, but but you're right. That but it, people get feel like it's so big. Why does it matter? But you're talking about the if good men do nothing that's how evil thrives and so is is that why part of the what you do is with the the charity work because you said there's a your community of people have rates can you talk a little bit about your charity work what that looks like and kind of some of the good that you've done
0: um so i mean it stems from the very very first days of when i was first tapping out the first page of the book yeah um i didn't really know what i was doing like i said i didn't necessarily think that anyone was going to read it um it was more of an exercise but I, I knew that I needed to put something out there. And then when I started finding my tribe, when I started connecting with readers, when I started seeing that, you know, they were enjoying it, um, I took a step back and I said, well, what am I really, what am I really doing with this? And I wanted to succeed because I'm an American, I'm a capitalist, all this other stuff aside, like I am a Southern dude, beer drinking, boob watching, Van Dam loving kind of, I'm a dude, um, but. I want to, I believe what one of my old history professors says that the only man that should be ashamed to die is the man that lived only for himself. So I wanted to have my books in some way be a mechanism for positive change. And then so I asked myself how that was going to happen. And I realized, and the first thing I came up with immediately, was like, well, preaching is not going to work. No one likes that. I don't like that. Yelling on the internet has never done anything positive ever um so i'm like well what does change people's minds and i thought about it for several days and what i came up with was systematic desensitization right that if there's this idea that i think is more in keeping with our better selves then the way that i can promote that is by exposing people to it in a way that's not preachy that's not down their throat but is just in a way that they notice and hoping they take something away so an example is looking at men and women as equals in society. I never go off on that soapbox in the books. But I've got really, really strong warriors that are women, really, really strong warriors that are men. I've got absolutely stupid men. I've got absolutely stupid women. I I I like I just put it out there unapologetically, um, yeah. which gives me <laughs> some criticism where like, some men are like, you woman loving whatever, and some women are like, you woman hating asshole and you know, and then some women that like then defend me and some men that, it, it, you know, it, it's just sort of crazy. Um, but that, that's basically what I do. Like, you know, I, the reason that I put, use my real name in the books that I put, write a black main character and make sure that I stress that he's black is because sci-fi fantasy has pretty much been very homogenous as, you know, white men um, for at least most of the books that I read growing up. And I still think basically, as far as what we're seeing on Amazon and Audible, Um, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it does mean something to me that people that may have a conception about a negative conception about being black must also then say, but there's this author that I really like Mm. and young um, children of color or other people of color can say, wow, there's a hero that I like that looks like me. And it's something that I personally have experienced, because when I saw Black Panther, um, sort of just seeing a hero that was Black, and not only was Black, but comes from an ancient, powerful civilization, it gave me a pride that honestly affected me in a a deep way, because it's like, why did I have to wait 35 years to have this feeling? And it's the kind of thing that if you have it regularly, it, it means nothing. It's like, it's like, you know, offering dick to a woman. Like, you know, they're like, I, I got a million of those. Yeah. This means nothing to me, you know? But, you know, waves you know and like waves a of it, yeah. woman yeah. comes up to you and she's like, hey, I just want to have amazing sex with you and then bring you nachos. You're like, this is the best day of my life, you know? <laughs> you know? um, So, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted the, the books themselves to be a positive thing. Yeah. And then when I started, um, you know, making revenue from it and when I started having this uh, social audience, I was like, well, what can I do with this? And I'm like, you know, one, I'm going to make this a safe space where people can come. So uh, that is why there are Reddit groups devoted to hating me, because we banned a lot of dickheads. Um, but also then it left people that can just sort of come around, have a good time, take a breath of fresh air, and none of the toxicity that is typically on the net. And then I was like, what specifically can we do? And then we, write, we do auctions every month and a half to two months to people that have suffered from recent disasters uh breast cancer you know research um you know things like that food banks was most recent that kind of thing.
1: See, see that's epic um and i'll talk about the toxic culture but yeah i mean that the the whole like women live in the bounty of every guy goes it do something there it's like a chris Wark uh joke where he's like would you like some dick right there's like yeah. that and every yeah. it, it happens over and over again so it and then for me being a white male I'm used to seeing superhero figures it's it just it is and honestly like I didn't even recognize that Richter was a black character until Cyan said I didn't know people of your color could blush like that and I was yeah. like I was like oh I was like oh my oh. mind just like it changed. I was like okay carry on and the story and the story yeah. kept along and I was like that's that's amazing but uh I mean I'm sure there's I'm sure there's young African-American uh, boys and girls that that read that, that idolize that character, that, that want, how do I create my own community? How do I create my yeah. own village? How do I help these people out? How do I, and I love the unity that you bring into the book where you have gnomes and elves and all these other people and they're all, Hopefully I'm not giving these spoilers away. my goal is to be no spoils <laughs> on this one, so I, that's my entire goal. When I get there just like just go no. but, but that unity of bringing everybody together because we are stronger together because there's all of these different mindsets and diverse opinions coming together, otherwise you do get that homogenized viewpoint where you're just like yeah. you're all hitting with the same note and it just doesn't have the same zeal. so I love when you're talking about creating culture both in the book and Inside the Miss, Miss Village, um, uh, different groups that you have. I know you have a Facebook group and, and things like that. It's uh, what are the different values that you hold um, for communities, right? And what are the things that you hold and what are the things that you repel? So you have kind of a clear line of the ins and the outs of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so on one, I'll say that, you know, your reaction that you didn't even notice he was black at first and then you did and you kept looking on was exactly the tone that I'm trying to hit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want it to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. that he's Black, one way or the other. I just want him to be Black, because I'm Black. Like, it's like, when I'm hanging out, I don't want him to be like, hey, the Black guy's here. I'm like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) I'll take the free drink. But, you know, I just kind of want to watch the game kind of thing. Um, So I'm I'm glad that that tone was struck. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, basically, again, I'm just, I use uh, the various... Fantasy races uh, as a you know allegory and metaphor for the you know races that exist among among mm. humans you know with various you know colors and you know um, national boundaries and whatnot. Um, again, to do it in a systematic desensitization way, so it's never really just down someone's throat. Yeah. Um, but in the the Miss Village like social media sort of like you know culture that that I've been able to sort of coalesce with other good people. Um. I mean, I, I, there, there's not a lot of rules there. You know, it's like, don't be a dick. And if you're asking me to define it, you're probably a dick. Like, we all know when there's a Uh-oh. joke that's cool and there's a joke where, like, it's going to get you punched in the face if there's a man big enough to do it. Don't be a dick. And, and that's pretty much it. I don't allow people to come in and be like, I'm offended by it. And I'm like, you got to go then because he's making fun of you and joking around. And that's what we do. But I'm also not going to allow anyone to come in and just, you know, push some B.S. agenda. I try to keep it almost completely free of politics, religion, hot button kind of things because, you know, everyone just wants to argue as soon as it happens. Um, but at the same time, I do take the time to touch on very sparingly so that it's it's like a power that I use that, So only when it really matters for things that are coming up. Like I am. I, I think it's that shit crazy that COVID is a political issue. It's not. It it literally physically exists, and so I tell people all the time, "Please get vaccinated." It's it's not. I'm a doctor. It's not a thing. I want you to survive, and if you don't get vaccinated, you might die. So I mean, I push that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, similarly, I think the only other one that I really touched on in the last several years was Black Lives Matter, and trying to explain it in a way that perhaps a lot of my my white audience didn't get that like i understand that it may feel like an attack on you for being white and that's because people are really bad at labeling things and i get it the same way when my female friends in the past would talk to me about how they felt unsafe walking at night when they talked about the fact that it's a male dominant society i felt attacked because i'm like i'm not oppressing you i'm not the one doing blah 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 and i kind of realized that like i and being a selfish asshole, making your suffering about me. Yeah. Um, and you're really just asking me for help because you're scared. And I was like, that's basically what's happening here with the black lives matter movement. They're just like, please care that we're scared and that yeah. we're suffering. We,
1: we mattered too. Uh, and, yeah, that, right? and that's what yeah. that was about. And, and I did when you when you said a, uh, if you have to ask it, it is you're probably are a dick. And I looked at myself, I'm like, am I a dick? I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh. I was like, uh oh, and I felt the no, need no, to defend yeah. myself. And I was like, ah, oh, right. <laughs> I swear, no. I was, is someone who I build communities and I build, I build yeah. games and experience and other things where I'm curating cur- communities. And there's always, especially in games, you have all this toxic culture and social media. Yes. And these toxic people come in, so I'm always curious at like, how do you balance out where you're not like this. You know, authoritarian dictator says like this is it, and like you, it becomes a power trip. But at the same time, like because you want that organic, you want people not to be fake, and you don't want people like that. You don't want that workplace culture either, where everyone's got that mask on. They they can't be real. They can't have that real talk. When you know, but at the same time, you don't want uh, greasy dudes coming up and like making girls uncomfortable like you don't yeah. want that either so like it's a weird balance and i, and I get the, the don't be a dick policy i was just trying to like it helps me to try to understand it a little bit more when you're trying no, to no, i get it
0: and i think it goes to like what i was like when i asked my dad you know when i was a little kid like why isn't a guidebook because because life is an art mm. it's it's never going to have a specific set of criteria and you sort of got to do your best and so i just we just try to do our best and like i've got awesome moderator shout out to evan who is just like a bulldog and he does just like ban people when they're trying to be dicks and it's I mean like there's things where it's like there were a bunch of really toxic authors in the group at one point in time and I tried to kumbaya because I was like don't be overbearing Aleron, be a nice or whatever and I forgot one of the very simple lessons of the schoolyard no you punch a bully in the face <laughs> there no matter what psychiatrists say they're not gonna you're not gonna reach them through song you beat the shit out of them and then they leave you alone and ideally you beat the shit out of them and they'll leave all the other kids alone because there's a sheriff and i don't think that that's ever been different in the history of humanity i think there's always been people that just sort of want to get along i think there's been predators that try to prey on them and there's been protectors ideally that protect the regular people from predators mm-hmm. um and so we we just try to do the same thing i don't we don't we don't we don't like want to be a, a bulldog kind of yeah. whatever but also yeah. we're not wasting energy part of the thing is like we used to sort of like go back and forth about like oh what does thing mean and, and now i'm just like no no he's being a dick you're like yeah. he's being a passive aggressive dick and the whole point of passive aggressive is that you can sort of like, you know, say it, but no, I think you're being a passive aggressive dick. So you're out of here. And so then you just go go to Reddit and complain about me like everybody else. I, just don't care. I, just
1: don't care. I need to help yeah. onboard you in that direction. There's a uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> team America that one of my favorite uh, speeches of all time at the end of team America He's like, there's dicks, there's pussies, yeah, and there's assholes, geez. and they have this whole thing yeah. where you're going around the world and talking about. It's like, because it looks like it's like, it's people say it's never res- it's never okay to respond with violence. You know, it's, it's you know, you can respond with love and kind and things like that, and then you it, feel like
0: I just don't agree with that. I, yeah. I don't agree with that. I think that every, I mean, every conflict, pretty much every conflict ever has been resolved with violence. It, it's it depends on on why you're committing that violence. Yeah. It's like, are you are you drawing a sword to kill someone? are you drawing a sword to save a life? Mm. Because there are people that just want to kill. There are people that just want to take, and we need people strong enough to stand in their way. And I think the only people that would say otherwise are people that have been lucky enough to not really been exposed to some of the uglier parts of life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny because like I do in the back of my head, I have like a, a running dictionary of your different books. And when Sumiko asked Richter, why should I actually be, the healer of your village. I'm hopefully not spoiling things. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> not, not it, the book's have been you, out
0: forever. It's fine. Yeah, but then it talks about,
1: it talks about, it talks about being that, that the, the meek shall inherit the earth. And so that's not necessarily true. It's actually, it's, it's more true that, that you need to fight for what you want. And if you don't, yeah. then the strong, Will, will dominate it and unless you have another strong person because one of my beliefs is this whole podcast is based around the heroes of reality and i believe that both heroes and villains have power they have great power yeah. he- heroes use it to serve people while villains use it to actually take from people and yes. so both those things are true and so and, and so you're right when you're talking about taking up the sword are you defending or are you enslaving and it depends on what your what the intention is yeah. so that 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 resonates a lot um Shifting gears a little bit here, um, one of the things I'm incredibly curious about is about you have a, a this ability to build these incredibly powerful worlds, the, the, these these world building um, abilities, and you not only have done it with the land, you've done it um, with uh, you have God's Eye, and you have in these book series that you're that you're rolling out with. Um, I'd love to learn just a little bit about your process, like how you actually go through and be able to craft these worlds. And how you be able to, and, and how you're able to, like, um, what what does that look like for you to be able to, to track it? Because there's a lot of things. I'm I'm assuming there's a lot of people that try to call you <laughs> on, like, yeah. oh no, that's a combo point. That's plus point five and a half. Plus, yeah. a, you know, yeah. so so what does that what does it look like for you to be able to uh, create these worlds and and make them coherent?
0: Um. So I've always felt. So I've always been a major sci-fi fantasy fan. So yeah. one, I've absorbed pretty much all of the content that any other major sci-fi, any like any other major nerd sci-fi fantasy fan, definitely read more than he played football kind of kid did. Like yeah. all, all that, you know, old dusty bookstores, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I, I mean, I'm very much like I put the 10,000 hours in to be a quote unquote expert as far as, as, as that. It, it's part of me. Um, so I, the raw material is in there, I think. Um, but the way that I specifically make my worlds is I've always thought that the most important part about sci-fi fantasy, even though the fun parts are the dragons and the magic, whatever, it's that we're able to make these fantastic situations that allow us to examine our humanity in, in a, in a greater, in a greater way. It's like a lens up to us. And then that's what can ground it and, and really connect other people with it. So the land is really about the magic system that makes it specific for lit rpg it's that unlike a lot of games where it's like you can you get a class and then you can do anything with it that anyone else with that class does it's that no you know you're born with a certain affinities for this you might be able to be an amazing dancer and an amazing baker but will never be good at swordsmanship no matter how hard you ever try and I think that's absolutely true in general about the world that we live in here. Um, I could still study particle physics until I'm blue in the face. I would never be Stephen Hawkins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I use that old example of like Mozart and Salieri. Both were amazing, but one of them just had the juice. And so he made it to master rank and the other dude didn't. Um, so for me, when I figured out that that was a concept that I wanted to expand upon, everything grew from there, right? Mm. Um, with God's eye, what I'm really looking at is that there's an inherent meaning in the things that 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 we embrace. Um, that you know there is that there there are bonds to being a god of time that will keep you from doing one thing. There's bonds to being a god of vengeance that will then lock you into whatever. Um, and that there's some variation in that but there are inherent natures that we possess that can then be struggled against and can also be guided a little bit by our decisions. But it's still the what of what we are in addition to the who of what we are. Like I am a man that has a certain amount of chemicals that release from my brain because I am a man. Mm -hmm. What I choose to do with that is the who. The chemical part is the what. And so that's really the concept that I'm going into with god's eyes saying that like you know these are your chosen people these are their characteristics this is why they're going to be acting like that and then being able to have them compare contrast and clash with other ones and again in a way to sort of better look at who we are what our society is that kind of thing um and in the meantime, lots of dick jokes. and. and, and, <laughs> <adjectives> and <stuff. laughs>
1: I like that. It takes the tension off. It's a, it's a very industrious of you. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so looking at that, what I think is really cool about this. So what you do is you, you find like, what's an idea you want to explore? What's a meaning you want to explore? What's a, what's a, what's a concept you want to explore? And you expand upon that. So. In the uh, you're talking about affinities and and spell casting, and then you say okay, what would this world look like with these affinities? And yes. then so you and so you look at that as the as the central point, the fulcrum, and then yeah. you expand outward around the world. Then you wrap the characters. Then you say okay, well, what if you took this type of character and you just dropped him in this environment mm-hmm. and you and you force yeah. him through this and and, and you force him thinking? How would that shape him? Well, how would that change mm-hmm. him? How would that change his soul? How would that change his character? How would that change how he re- reacted? Um, and yeah. then. And then with God's eye, you know what you're you're talking more about that is almost like um, if you look at like the old the gods of old, right? They were all they all had personalities. They were basically us, right? With godly yeah. powers. That's that's yeah. what Zeus and Hera and Hades, all these people were. They were some some were lovely, some were dicks, some were this, some were that. But they yeah. felt like a, they felt like a family. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and and it. it it really reminds me of like I don't know if you ever played the game Hades. I don't know if you ever heard about it at all. Long time uh, ago. Long time, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 it, you get, it's it's an expansion of these of these gods that they all have personalities. You can all connect with them. So as you write that down, so let's say that's the core. That's a that's the cornerstone of your idea that you want to expand upon. Do you then just? Just working this in my head so I can visualize it. Do you then put that into like a flow chart or a mind map and then expand that outwards? Or do you just drink a couple of bottles of liquor and then stream a consciousness <laughs> late at night? Like what does that what does that look like? Uh
0: more of this, more the second one. Okay. More <laughs> the, you know, just the Hemingway finger scotch. Let's do this, Wait, shit. Well. you know, sweaty and tapping away. Um, cause I cause and honestly, I feel like I, I I do the the charts a little bit, like especially if it's late at night and I'm about to pass out. I I I turn the my 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 thing is I've been writing and then I'll hit the cap locks key and then just bang out every idea that's in my head and the next day it's like what what is this waffle pants What the fuck does that even mean like I just don't even know um but and and honestly I, I I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADD so just sitting down and forcing the words out and like making a rubric for it is like my least favorite part I really just wish I could just onto the page more than anything else, because I get I get to squirrel, like I just get distracted, like regularly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so I mean, the way that writers usually talk about it is, are you a panster? Or are you a plotter? Are do you go by the seat of your pants? Or do you plot every single thing mm-hmm. out? And I guess the best way for me, and I think most people are in the middle, but the way that I do it is that I always know about the major and minor land are sort of like waypoints I'm trying to hit mm-hmm. along this journey. Right. Like I wrote the end of the land before I published the first book. Um, but what surprises me is that by being true to my characters and by having a, a system that I have to honor, otherwise it comes off as false, is that as opposed to going from here to here in a straight line, it, it meanders, you know, and then it's almost surprising mm-hmm. and fun for me. And occasionally I don't end up here. I end up here and then I'm like, OK, well, what does that mean for the rest of it then? Um, but I allow for that because I think it makes more of an honest story. And like, you know, you said my goal was to have an everyman kind of person in this fantastic, you know, token-esque, you know, fan like fantasy world kind of thing. But, you know, having just be a regular dude, making regular dude decisions, making regular dude mistakes, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I can I can feel the regular dude-esque inside of there um Mm -hmm. and especially when he comes to like questionable moral decisions where he goes um you lost a bet huh Mm, i don't mm, you know what i'm gonna be noble here i'm gonna you know what it's okay i'm gonna let this go (laughs) and there's a situation there's that guy that guy instincts we're like oh i want to but no no this is i'm gonna take the note so i like that that inner conflict that you build as you as you go through this and um one more question about the writing i'm gonna shift gears here is uh how do you get yourself to actually sit down and do the work and or what advice would you give to people because it's this is your job you are a professional so being a professional is doing what you love to do when you don't love to do it so what how do you get yourself to do that and and what insights because for other people that are looking to be consistent with something
0: like that um (laughs) Oh, the deal. The old the old, tro- the old saying is that the first step in writing is just to sit down and write. Uh, I think it depends on the kind of person you are I, mm-hmm. at every stage of my life. The people that were in the previous stage are shocked that I got there. Like my friends from college, like my friends from high school were shocked that the college that I went to and what I did. Then my friends in college were shocked that I became a doctor. And then my friends that were doctors were shocked that I would stop medicine and write fantasy stories. Um, like i've I've never really fit i've never really fit and and honestly i really like that about me because i feel like most people are kind of basics and i don't want to be basic uh so uh for me i just i i i I honor what what, what's inside of me right like i if i feel like writing i do if i get distracted i do i think the the most important thing is not to waste anger on self-recrimination right like if you want to write Sit down and write. And if it only lasts for five minutes, it lasts for five minutes today. Maybe you'll do 10 minutes tomorrow. But don't waste an hour worrying about the five minutes.
1: That's so powerful. Wasting energy on self-recrimination, wasting anger on shame and guilt and, and worrying all that fun stuff. I mean, it seems like uh one of the things you just talked about, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this full circle on this conversation here, is you I mean, we, we talked about early about. Your ability to to let go of the haters, your ability to kick out the assholes, your ability to say, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to punch a dick in the face because that's what a dick deserves. Your ability to say, I don't care what people I care, but I don't care. You're not going to have an effect on me. And that ability yeah. to, to it, your willingness to let go of whatever identity people think about you to step into a new role and following that has led you to a place of joy. You've talked about you, you've hit this pocket of joy and you're trying to hit this yeah. pocket of joy. Can you talk to me about like hitting this pocket of joy and what that looks like now for you? And, 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 and what, what do you think the, the, the cause of that joy is?
0: Um, so there's, there's an amazing, uh, movie called Lost in Translation with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, just, just gorgeous. Um, And, you know, older guy, younger woman, uh, they're spending time together in Tokyo. And there's a scene where she says, what's it like being older? And he goes, well, if you're lucky, you get to know yourself a little bit more. And because you know yourself more, the outside world is not able to shake you on a regular basis, as much as it did before. And so you don't have to feel like you're unstable. And having that surety in yourself makes a lot of other things possible. It makes a lot of other things potentially beautiful. Um, it can also make you feel very doubtful if you don't like what you're seeing. But it sort of comes along with that, that maturity. Um, I am, like I said, I'm a much nicer person now. Um, when I was in medicine, I was sort of an angry dick. Um, I never came across as cruel, but I very much came across as intolerant of people that weren't doing what I considered to be good enough or, 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 or like, why can't you try harder? Like I, I'm in here early. Why aren't you here in here early? I'm taking care of this patient. Why are you doing it? Um, and I was always, you know, having issues with people and I always felt Crazy justified though, because I was right, and like technically I was, but one of the biggest turning points for me in my emotional journey was realizing that being right is not the same thing as being helpful, and that was a massive shift for me because I was just like, yeah. I'm right, so why aren't you falling in line and stop being the stupid whatever? And it's like, that's not being helpful, and yeah. honestly, for other people, that might be like, obviously, but that was a major turning point for me, right? Um, so yeah. Being able to reconcile the logic with the illogical, emotional component of myself and other people, um, sort of gives it gives a peace. It, it lets me stop stressing out about myself, and it lets me stop stressing out about other people. I was an intolerant dick when I was in medicine because I was putting stress and anger on myself. And the only way that I could reconcile that was by saying, well, this is just, uh, the, the, this is just the cost of working at this level. And I'm not going to accept, eight, if, if I can do this 100%, then you got to do the 80%. And it's like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to eat all of the stress and fear and, and worry and, and doubt and, and, and constantly feel like I'm running down a hill and what happens if I ever stop and look around, right? Like you can stop and look around and it's okay if you don't like what you see and it's okay if you change, it's okay if you made a mistake and it's okay to let other people help you, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think we, we, I think a lot of people don't ever really, really, really want to in the mirror. Um But if you do and you accept the good and the bad and work to make more good, yeah, the rest of the world just has less energy, less
1: power over it. What I love about what you said right there is, I just wanna, I'm just gonna come back over the top and this is what I'm hearing you say. What I love about what you're talking about is this, is that often when we start at a younger age, right, we're trying to strive, we're trying to achieve, we're trying to do this, but there's a piece of us that doesn't believe in us, there's a piece of us that doesn't love us, there's a piece of us that doesn't accept us. And we put in all this, all this energy and effort and then when we see other people not putting in their full effort, we see that in ourselves. And so we hate them because we hate ourselves. We, we don't accept them because we don't accept ourselves. But then as you go through and you're constantly letting go of all of these identities, there's a certain nugget in your soul that goes, I believe in me. And everything else, no matter what happens, I'm still cool. I'm still okay. Everything's still going to work out. They none of these people have effect on me. It's it's all about whether or not I'm good with me and whether or not I'm doing the stuff for me that lights me up and whether or not I'm I'm living to my my own standards, my own codes, my own stuff. And if that's the case, the world can't shake you. Your friends that that say you can't do that, you can't leave medical to go write books. None of these things will affect you because you have this you have this deep belief in yourself. And you know that you're going to be okay, no matter what anybody else does. And you know that you you have this love and peace, which causes this this creation and abundance of joy to become essentially unshakable as you move move through this world. Um, I mean,
0: I I I I think that that was a very good paraphrase. The only thing that I would that I would shift about it, yeah, is that there's no. It's like there's no guarantee that you're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. You have to be OK with the fact that like no matter how hard you try, things still might not work out that no matter how hard you like, like I was saying earlier that like I'm a very I, I consider myself a very self-assured and very solid person. And I like who I am and I'm very clear about who I am, but I'm not immune to all the horrible things on Facebook and you know all the horrible things in the local news and the ridiculous things that people speak authoritatively about when they're not educated in the middle like it, it still affects me to a certain extent but i'm lucky enough that i've got a sense of self and a support network that when i get a little shaken it's, it's not a real shake it's not really going to get me but it still has an effect mm-hmm. right um, so it's like, if I was telling someone, they're like, how do you get there? I'd be like, well, just recognize, accept that struggle is part of life, but it doesn't mean that you need to feel helpless in it. Like you may feel now. Well,
1: and yeah, and what you're talking about with, and, 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 and I really appreciate the clarity. This is great. This is great back and forth. Uh, one of the things you're talking about right there is, is this, is that the hatred and the blame and the criticism it's not gonna help you. You might be right that that person's not working hard or whatever it thinks, but that that energy that you bring isn't yeah. gonna help the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's and ultimately it's not gonna make you feel any better for you to get to where you wanna go because people feel like, oh, if only I get here, I'll be happy. If only I get here, I'll be good. And, but, but you shitting on people along the way is not gonna be like, oh, if I shit on them for not doing their work, they're gonna work harder and they're gonna thank me. Yeah, I did great, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it, does, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't serve you. It doesn't so whether or not you do hit that goal or you don't get that goal, if if you if you bring that energy that dickness to the energy, mm-hmm. uh, then it doesn't. It's not gonna ultimately whether or not you make it is irrelevant. You, you're gonna be a dick if you get there or not. So you might as well enjoy the journey, like along the yeah. way and be okay with it.
0: That's, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I think a lot of people have that crabs in a barrel. They're basically like, I'm miserable, so I'm gonna make this person miserable. And they may feel slightly better, but they don't recognize that they're making this person miserable, who's going to make someone else miserable, who's ultimately going to make the original person miserable. And it's just this like really negative cycle that anyone that's worked in an office that they hate probably understands. And that's
1: the thing. One of the things is there's this there's this thing where like people will prefer to be in pain and be in fear and be in that then change. They'd rather be in suffering. They'd rather have this situation where they – that instead of, like, I have a dream to – I want to be a writer. Let's just say I, I have a dream to be a writer. But because I have the fear and doubt of quitting my day job and going fully and committed to it and living off food stamps of figuring out what I need to do to make this happen, I'm going to shit on Alaron because he had it so easy. Oh, yeah, you did the – you know, whatever – x y and z you know because of their inability to take action it's easier to shit on you because they can't look in the mirror for what they need to do so uh, what could could you talk just a little bit about some of the for people that think your road was super easy and all you did was just (laughs) turn on a thing can you just give some of your what i would call threshold guardians along your journey yeah
0: man i mean well first of all uh like i said i'm a physician so i worked more than 100 hours a week for seven years in a row and then i worked nights for five years after that um dealing with life and death decisions on a daily basis while struggling to deal with very unhappy people because they also hadn't slept in the last two decades so like yeah it's not that wasn't easy um (laughs) and then writing um writing came a lot more fluid for me than it did for what I hear a lot of other people um, and but when I was building when I first came out there was no social media there was no platform for lit RPG for my genre so I was basically working three full-time jobs I was working full-time at the hospital I was writing these books with a lot of you know the free time the, the time that I had in between shifts and then I'm building this community which involved like I mean, literally probably about 40, 50 hours a week of work building just the community for about three or four years Um, and running into personality traits that are the same, like the the same, the worst people everyone else has come across were this were also the worst people that I came across. Like, they're not the same people, but they have the same things like uh, one author that. Uh, cussed me out because he was like, "I don't think that you should be able to run this group." And I'm like, "Well, I created the group." And he's like, "Well, I don't care. Give it to me." And I'm like, "No." And then like so we start yelling at each other. And I'm like, "Am I a crazy person? Like, how is this happening?" Or other people that you know. Uh, I mean, it's like honestly, I always say like it's insane. Like, I write about elf pits and fireballs, and I have enemies. I should not. I mean, I should not have enemies writing about the things that I write about. It's like. Creator, it's like the creators of Rick and Morty like you know having a blood feud with some with like family guy like it it doesn't make any sense yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is there are real things to be upset about and afraid about in this world that d- deserve our attention and yet like i legit have people that like like want me like gone from this earth um which is a, an insane thing to think about like I'm writing these books, (laughs) there's not an oil pipeline we're feuding over. We're not in the desert and there's a single lake like it's not a real thing. Um, But like that's that's the nature. That's the nature of people like, you know, I mean, it really is like we can be amazing. I mean, what's one of the things that I love about the Superman mythology Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, Jarrell sent him there and basically just said. They can be so great, be a beacon. Because I do think that we can, as human beings, be amazing. We really do. Um, I think that even before social media, the horrible minority um, sort of typified a lot of the things that we do. They, they, they were the ones that, they were the kings that sent all the peasants to war, not For any real reason outside of selfish humanity, blah, blah, blah. And then that became the norm. And then that's where we're trapped in. We're trapped in now. I don't think that human beings are inherent evil. Um, I think that we can be, I think if you've ever seen a kid, you can get that kids are really selfish assholes probably a lot of the time. But like, we have the ability to be amazing. And children have the ability to be loving and altruistic, whatever. Like, we have this capability. It's just with our current. Level of cultural and biologic evolution, we really still are children. I mean, human societies only, I mean, you know, the Indus River civilization was like 7,000 years ago, so like 10,000 years old, yeah. you know? Like, compared to cosmically, compared to the 4.5 billion years of the Earth is, it, I mean, it's nothing. We really are children as a species. And maybe that's why we keep rubbing shit all over everything. I don't know. But I, <laughs> I believe in our potential, I really do.
1: Yeah, and I 100%, I feel the same way. The The thing about this, the thing that makes the world wonderful is we have the power of choice. And when you have the power of choice, you can choose whatever you want to do. Um, the, yes. the, the thing is that the, if you want to choose to rise to, to be the hero of your own reality or whatever you want to call it, it's hard as shit. It's a hard thing. And then people that don't choose to rise will shit on you so they feel better because it's easier to shit than it is to rise. And yes. so, yes. Um, and we do have that potential and there are people, there are communities, there are groups that can raise up and it's about curating that, those groups. And so that's one of the things I love about the fact that with the Miss Village and stuff is that you have been able to curate groups that everybody goes, okay, look. We're not going to be perfect, and sometimes we're going to fight, but we're still a family, and we can all yeah. rise together, and we're going to support each other, and we're going to see the best in each other versus looking to get into that those toxic relationships where any slight I'm going to take as a, as a as an attack, right? And and, yeah. uh, and, and so I love the fact because you can – trying to steer that giant emotional ship first inside your own soul and then trying to do it with a community, it takes time and effort, and Sorry. so – and so I, I completely believe in this. What, what can you do? What you, and, it, and it could be writing books. It could be making art. It mm-hmm. could be doing a podcast. It could be doing whatever thing it is that yeah. you want to do. And, and yeah. I, I agree. It's just, it's just, can you, can you be a beacon, which, I mean, I think you yeah. totally do and you embody, which is, a, which is one of the reasons um, why I want to have you on here and, and talk about you and your story and, and your story about your stories. Um, uh, because uh, I think, as humans, the way that we learn more than anything is through stories. It's emotion plus experience creates retention. And so the more powerfully, and you you've alluded to this multiple times about not saying, "Hey, the main the main character's black, and he's black, and should just it's it's a show not tell." kind of experience where you're, you're saying, okay, this is what he lives by. I'm not going to tell you it, but this is what he lives by. And this is the experiences that he has. And, and, and those are the best ways when we can kind of like, you know, like eat popcorn and watch people go through life. So those things have impressions where, you know, there's, there's, there are moments in times where I'm hearing Richter S speeches of him standing <laughs> in front of people, uh like giving these epic speeches. And when I, when I, cause I, I run small teams of people, I try to give those types of like, embody those types of feelings and give that to those people because you see that in and that's what the beautiful thing about mentors you there's a mentor that you have and they and they create a certain emotion in your mind you're like man i'd love to live up to that live up to that mentor and so then you try to live your own way in in kind of honoring and mimicking that style and uh, for you like do you have mentors in your life whether literary or not that you try to embody as you kind of go through not only writing your books but take life and actions and things like that
0: so uh my mother has always been the most influential person in my life like she's the only person that has two characters model after her she's got mama in the very first one and she's got the heart mother in in the in the second one she's she's this like five foot two uh typhoon of, <laughs> of, of force of personality um uh, so, like you know, her, like she very much, I think instilled a great deal of strength in me. But then there's also my father, who's sort of just the kindest, most I believe in people kind of person. Um, and he, uh, I mean, I, I think my core is definitely more steel. But you know, he's the one that's like, "What are you going to do with that boy? What 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 is the purpose behind it? There's not validity in strength alone. It's it's what you do with the strength." That gives you validity. That gives you purpose. Um, so, a lot of the idealism that Richter comes across very much is is his 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 voice in my ear. Um, and then I've had like just really ridiculous friends that you know, like we do stupid things. Like uh, there's a there's I, I wrote my my buddy Nick into it because you know we went to Vegas uh, and we lost him for like like a day and then we randomly find him in like playing slots somewhere uh wearing a kilt and, <laughs> uh, and a tuxedo top and he's just you know he's he's got these like thick glasses on and he just drink it out of like just like this bottle and he's just playing slots and we're like nick he goes uh and he's like what are you doing and he takes a long drink and he goes having breakfast <laughs> like i was like it's such a perfect perfect moment uh and so like you know i i i I wrote that in um as far as like mentor yeah right as far as mentors in my professional life sadly i have not had very very many um and honestly that bothered me a bunch while i was on my way up and the way that i responded to it though is that i have become the mentor to other people that i that i always wish that i had for myself Um, and honestly, that's one of the things that I sort of tell people that, like, you know, again, the world is not fair. So I'm sorry if the world did not provide you what you should you should have had in an ideal world. But if you really want to deal with that, give because constantly waiting to receive is a miserable way to be. But you'd be surprised how how much better you feel by taking care of someone else. Um, so
1: that's that's that is such a i love i love that because it's for some reason um, that's what i would call the cave you fear to enter right it's it's it the the then the cave you fear to enter lies the treasure you seek by joseph campbell and what it means by that is like the world's not fair okay well then make it fair by giving Right. Yes. Um, like, oh, uh, he, you know, he was able to make that happen and become a successful author. Uh, and okay, well then go and write. Right. It's like, it's mm-hmm. do the, do the thing that you don't want to do in order to ma- in order to get what you want. Right. And it's always, yes. it always comes down to that factor of, are you willing to go do that action that you, it, you know, because the, the hero's journey is always about, I will do whatever it takes to become successful except for X. And that yeah. X is the thing that you need to do over and over again um and repeatedly generally speaking as you loop through life so i i I haven't heard the world if you feel it's not the world's not fair great give until it make until you make it fair that is a and and do it in in an
0: intentional way right like if you if you if you give away every dollar you have and then you are homeless that's not that's not what i'm telling you to do because again (laughs) the world isn't fair some assholes probably just gonna rip up all your money and run to vegas right yeah. I'm saying use your brain, and then and 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 hold on to your hope, and then do it in a way that you think is effective. And if that's not effective, shift something and and keep trying until it is effective. Effective because it you might you have a chance of coming out the other side, yeah. as opposed to just staying where where you are and you're just going to be pretty miserable and then make everyone else miserable and then you're just part of the whole thing that you hated and. there's no promise I think that's where people get caught up we really want a promise we're willing to do something as long as you promise and it's like that's just it's just not the way the world is it's just it never has been And I think that I imagine that in the past children grew up that way but things were tough enough in the world that they lost that right whereas things are not super tough for a lot of us meaning we have enough food to eat we're not we're not we're not living in a war zone we're not i mean we all go through stuff but not really compared to how chillingly bad it is other places right and so we just keep floating and never really lose that like ideal that we're owed something just because um we're so special like we're not, we're
1: just
0: not.
1: <laughs> well we are we're both uh you know. You know, greatest connected to the cosmos, and we are also specks of insignificant nothing. We are yeah. we are both sides of the spectrum, and we don't yeah. we don't deserve anything, and and, and we're just yeah. also at the same time lucky to be alive. And I I, I completely connect and resonate with that. Um, you were talking about you know right now you're at a unique phase in your life. Uh, uh, Audible uh, favorite author and uh been able to accomplish a lot and been very fortunate and blessed as long way. you have a lot of struggle and grit and growth that you've had along the way um going through this whole journey for you now you talked about the three goals that you've had i mean what is your holy grail like what do you hope to get out of out of life out of the writings out of all of this
0: um i definitely hit the existential what does it all mean is, you know i'm gonna die one day kind of thing that i think all people hit when they hit middle age um i hit mine a little early (laughs) um which i'm glad that not something i have to look forward to because again i'm turning 40 on sunday um for me i on a daily basis i want to i want to laugh more than i i stress i want to take care of the people that you know i care about i want to in some way leave the world a better place. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not stressing about those things. Um, you know, my dad doesn't understand my lifestyle at all because he grew up very much in you know the Reagan era. And he's like, you know, son, you're doing well. Like, why why don't why don't you have a Porsche? Why, why don't you have a French mistress? Like, why, why, why don't you have a yacht? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, old man. All your friends are broke because they chase that shit, especially the mistress. Like, really. Um, I don't know. Like, I I feel very lucky that the things that I enjoy are shooting this shit with my boys and, uh, you know, watching the latest season of Lost in Space that just came out and being excited about spending time with people that that care about me losing some of this gut. You know, I mean, like, the things that I enjoy, right? are not are not overly expensive and I'm blessed enough that I can sort of do that thing and I'm able to create these worlds which gives me a validity that I in for me that I was lacking before, something that I didn't know I needed but really, really um, you know, hungered for unknowingly um, and in the grand scheme, you know, I'm, I'm sort of open for like, you know, what's coming I mean, professionally, I would love to have my stuff turned into an anime not necessarily because then I'll be like, I made it because I'm like, that'd be really fucking cool yeah. I mean,
1: it would just be cool. Yeah, yeah. the trans Yeah, uh, well, a couple pieces of that I do want to get to that, but the um, I love it. It's it's. I mean, but those are things that make people happy: laughter, connection, contribution, giving yeah. to the family, being around people, having joys and funs. That's yeah. old school, Gordon Gecko, hookers and blow, going to a yacht, sailing to the sunset kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. thing. Which is, which I'm sure is is fun for about seven minutes. Crazy fun. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Woo! You know, like. It, like, you know, drug dealers are never like, how are we going to sell all these drugs? Like, I mean, I get it, <laughs> but then there's the other side of it, right? And we yeah. know the other side, right? Like, yeah. you know.
1: It I doesn't know. fill you up. It's, it's, there's, there's certain, yeah. I, there's, there's different types of energy sources, right? And that, that laughter with friends, having a good times, watching the latest Ghostbusters movie, um, yeah. you know, all those things. And I don't know if you saw the latest Ghostbusters movie, by the way. No, I'm you? super
0: excited about it. Dude.
1: Like, I'm Dude! super excited about it. Dude. Yeah oh my god go if you get really looking forward to it it, my god they do it justice i i cried i I laughed i i I screamed a little bit like a little girl it is like (laughs) it it is what you wanted it to be because whenever anybody messes with your childhood um loves you know and they mess with it and they ruin it it's like it's like they stood they stole a little bit of your childhood and then stepped on it and then you know uh but they do it right so simple pleasures exactly. when you when you said that you made it made it made me think of being being you know with with my significant other going and watching ghostbusters and going yeah that was a really good time and yeah. uh right? and you're right that's what really matters at the having those, those shared times. moments with the people that you love and then yeah. and then looking at it going going wasn't that dope that was dope yeah. and then you that have was that fire
0: yeah that was, yeah uh no i mean that's that's basically what i'm all about i mean i ideally they will have direct brain upload vr before i die (laughs) because i could totally kill orcs for a couple hundred years like i'd be about that life but you know if not i'm doing the best with the time that i got so
1: they're getting there man they're getting there i know um there's there's two pieces i know gabe Newell. if you know gabe newell he's the creator of valve and Mm -hmm. steam and all that stuff he created all of that stuff yeah, so he's Gabe Newell. Uh, he just inve- heavily invested in some sort of brain interface thing with VR. I don't know what it is, um, but he's like this mad genius dude who did that. I don't know what that is, but I know um, I, I. There's this other girl that was the ex head because I'm super geeky deep in this space, just coming yeah. from that that side. Is uh, there's this girl who I saw late night in a deep Reddit hole. I was clicking on Reddit, and uh, it said, and the title of the Reddit post was X. Ex- head researcher for oculus facebook uh invents ar vr telepathy and i was just like i was like click and i was like all right i'm gonna watch this and this this older woman and she was she was talking about you know how back in the day she invented holograms and she started doing speed of light calculations with her fingers and i was just like okay i'm too dumb i don't know and so what she started talking about i'm like is this real so i sent it to my three smartest friends at mit a couple other friends and they all messaged back was like yes what she's saying is 100 true and what she did was this you know on your on your phone on your camera if you take your camera and you hold it up to your finger it can it can see all the blood moving through your finger right so you do that right mm-hmm. inside yeah. the oculus facebook labs they have like fifty thousand dollar headsets and they took an array of cameras which is just merely cameras in a row and they put it inside the helmet inside the vr headset and so what happens is that all of a sudden that vr headset operates like a functional mri machine because it can track where all that happens so what happens if i know what you're seeing i know what you're hearing i can track that and not only can track that for you i can do machine learning on millions of people all doing at the same time it goes through the three levels of ai from you know uh, just tweaking it to uh kind of think about it to eventually predicting what you're going to think so i could think oh my god uh aleron is a badass dude and it would translate that and then send that to you to you yeah transfer that down there so
0: no Uh, i think that's totally yeah i mean i think that's totally going to happen i mean like right now (sighs) we're doing it with the i mean like with the mr i mean like what is it they in daniel suarez's book uh demon they worked really really, well he got that yeah right amazing um, you know, where basically like they saw the blood flow go here or there, and they're like, tell me your name. Does it start with an A? B, C. Okay, it starts with a C. Da, 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 right. Um, but I mean that's what the level of tech that we have now. We all know, we all know from watching the tech explosion that once we have um one one implementation that has some sort of financial yield, it then exponentially logarithmically shoots up, right? So yeah. it's like we're doing that with our current tech. Like what yeah. happens when we have better imaging tech? What happens when we have something that measures blood flow and electrical signals and whatever? And then what happens when we have an AI that has a predictive algorithm that really gets the data? And then suddenly the tech is way beyond what we even need to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's basically what's going to happen. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. there's
1: There's the other book, the Awaken Online series. Um, there's mm-hmm. like a, a super AI system and they, and they know what you're thinking. So they craft the worlds and all that stuff. It's that, it's that, and that's what we all want to live in that, that the literal yeah. RPG books that, you know, you come out with and then go, yes, plug me into that. I, I want to be a Richter. Yeah. I want to put me in. I want to look down. I want to, I want to have dark skin. I want to be able to go into my village. Yeah. I want to be able to live this character. And then it's funny yeah. is that you actually, um, I, I, I meet with neuroscientists and, and a lot of people that do a lot of, uh, um, uh, uh, neuro work with virtual reality. And one of the things that they said is that like there's, there's actual experiences where you can actually put on a, a headset and become Albert Einstein. And they've done tests to show when you do that, you actually get better at math. You actually mm-hmm. start to believe that you're better at math because you start to live that. So you could literally shape people's realities yeah. where I could be more Richter-like if I put on the headset and I lived like Richter for yeah. a little while, which is...
0: No, I mean, I think that's I think everyone does. Anyone that's ever really invested themselves in something recognizes that it make it changes how you view the world right yeah like i was super in the chess for a while and i still play a little bit but back then when i was like really about it all the time like multiple games i started viewing things in a more i'm thinking seven moves ahead i'm thinking blah, blah, blah. I n- understand such and such. And it literally just shifts how you're how you're viewing things. I mean, mm. everyone that has looked at anything knows that listening to heavy metal and listening to uh, classical shifts your, your brain wavelengths to a certain extent, right? So I mean, like, we're, we're, we're monkeys scratching in the dirt, like at, at, the, at this, you know, at this tech, and at, at, at all the secrets of the universe that are out there. And yet we are so impressed with ourselves all the time like just, just thinking like, Oh my God, we're at the pinnacle. And it's like, I mean, there's, there's, there's no humility in that looking at like, well, in the 1900s, I bet they were shitting on the 1800s and in the 1800s, I bet they were shitting on the 1700s. I mean, why do you think we're different?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my uh, 30 year old self shit on my 20 year old self, my 20 year old shit on my 10 year old self. And I go, Oh, I know, I know my shit now. And I bet in 10 years from now, I'm going to go back and go, you dummy. You know, I, yeah, I can't believe you have I that mean, big beard. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's just. I say that to people often. Um, I'm like, you know, all the things that you're worried about, I want to just stop and think, would you be worried about, what would 10 years from you now say, right? Like, if you're like, oh my God, I'm 30, I'm so old now. Like, 40-year-old you would slap the shit out of you for that. They'd be <laughs> like, do you know how, like, well your hips used to work? You uh... lazy son of a bitch, like, are you serious? You know, yeah, um, like, I try to think about that. I'm like, well, what is 50 year old Al going to say? If I'm like, well, I'm, I'm kind of heavy now. There's no point in working out. He's like, you know how much more like dick stamina you would have? You <laughs> selfish bastard. Go run. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. That um, way- so yeah, I think about that.
1: that's so powerful I do want I do want like VR experiences like that where I could put it on there is like a 10 year old 10 year older version of me just slapping me in the face come on bitch get up get out of the bed I know you got some yeah you're gonna give me a heart attack right now what are you doing come on
0: (laughs) yeah I mean honestly I think about that that like I'm I I I, I've started exercising. I've lost yeah 20 pounds in the last like six months and started making this more of a regular thing because I'm literally thinking like Okay, like being chubby in my 30s wasn't super duper cute, but in my 40s, I could literally die or have a stroke, have partial paralysis, yeah. be locked in my body, never really be able to enjoy it. Or I could just, you know, stop buying fucking Oreos and go for a walk. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I do that because I'm literally thinking, what would 10, 10 years from now? I'll already say?
1: It's a super powerful thing, man. But the, the one thing I've noticed you have the ability to is you have these identity shifts. We're like, oh, well, uh, Alaron's always been this, you know, this way. And I love it because like right now, like the things that you've told me right now is that you thrive on your ability to just like shock people. Right. And you're pro- yeah, and, and a lot of it's been, it's been in the professions. Right. And you're like, oh, you don't think I can go write eight books. <laughs> right. And then yeah. you've gotten to this point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to shock people or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm one day I'm going to show up. I'm just going to have a tearaway shirt and do a little like Chippendales dance. Go well, bam. Yeah. Right. Boom. And, yeah. And it, and it's that, and it's that thing where you're constantly changing your identity uh, to not because anyone's telling you, it, but because you're like, well, what do I want next? You're like, what I yeah. want next is that what I want 10 years from now. Right. I want to, I want to have, a, I want to have a creative, I want to, I want to, I want to literally give birth to a six pound literary baby you know, uh, Mm -hmm. through my, through my, my brain vagina and, and then be able to say, that's mine. And, (laughs) but that's what I mean, but but I think it's really cool. And I think that's something to, to know of like when people go, well, well, how did you do this? And they look at you, oh, well, this is Alaron now, right? This is Alaron as is. And it's, no, you're like, you're this moving river flowing through time. And what's cool is like you, and, and you're, and, and you're even predicting your river point right now. And you're saying, look, I want to, I want to get super fit. I want to do that stuff. And then you say you want to take on these new creative hobbies and you're, the, the creative hobbies were, were what again? Could you remind me? So yeah,
0: like for me, and that's one of the things that's keeping my writing fresh is that I'm doing things that stimulate me. So, I mean, I'm, I'm making a webcomic right now. I've got about 25 yeah. episodes out and I'm still not hundred percent sure what I'm going to do with it. I just knew I wanted to make it. I knew I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I'm working on a couple of different, um, couple different scripts to do plays with other other narrators I just feel like they're amazingly talented and finding fun ways to do that um I'm you know sort of you know just educating myself about things that I find really really interesting and connecting with a professor here a yogi there uh, blah 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 um I don't know I just think it would be really tragic if this was the best version of myself even though I love me I mean I, I fucking love me I'm like, how much more could I love me tomorrow?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I, I, that's what I love about it is there's this combination of if you go back to old Aleron or old anybody, you had this like this anger at other people and because you're angry at yourself kind of thing. Um, but then, mm-hmm. you know, one of the questions I've always asked is how do I, how do I pleasantly progress, right? How do I strive mm-hmm. to move forward without that grind and that loathing? And do I, do I really need yeah, to have, because some people have that belief that um, I only move forward if I'm unhappy, I can only progress mm-hmm. if I don't like who I am and where I'm at. But you I mean, yeah. right there, you're talking on a really powerful point, that ability to be completely good with who you are, love it, be joyful, be content. And I'll say I'm happy here, and I know I'm gonna love that, so I'm gonna do that, and I don't care what anybody says. And I think that's a yeah. that's a really powerful lesson. If, if more people were able to just own who they are now, accept it, and then also say, "What do I want next?" and and take and move forward, and not like shame or guilt themselves for not moving mm-hmm. forward, but just to move it when they want. Like we would be a much happier, better society. And I think that's a really powerful lesson that you you I mean shared through this through this journey. So um alan i've i absolutely appreciate you being on here i know we went over a sure bit I mean, it's fun then yeah that was yeah, it's it joy um yeah. uh, with that being said is there anything else you'd like to let people know about uh the web comic which i've seen and it's super fun i really love the animations and taking a look at it i mean is there anything else yeah. you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of your how to get a hold of your your pantheon of books
0: um i don't know let me just take the time to say you guys probably anyone that's looking at this probably has their own thing that they got going on. Like it's okay, dude. It's okay, man. Like it, it's, it's tough, but it's not, it's not impossible. So good luck.
1: <laughs> Words of wisdom, man. I appreciate it. All right. Alaron, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate I you being here with me. Uh, it was a joy jamming with you. Um, I yeah, look man. forward to the, 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 next one of your books coming out and though, and I, I know you don't have specific dates uh, but I do know, and I'm not going to hold you to anything. It's all good, man. When they come, they will come, dude. Just just let them out. Yeah. I look forward to when the next hit, land comes on or God's eye, the next one that comes out as well. Uh, they're great books for anybody that hasn't seen them. You can go find them on Audible or any other place that you can get books. So um, thank you for all you they do, brother. And uh, I appreciate you, you. Man, and I'll see you on the other side, okay? Appreciate it. Talk appreciate again. you. Talk to you later. Bye
0: now. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Hero's Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.